Well, good morning, Victory Church. Can y'all do me a favor? There are many people watching online right now. As a matter of fact, there's a special shout out. My wife and my son Maximus are watching today and people from all over the country and the world. Can we clap it up for all of our online audience today and those who are watching and connecting with us all over? Love you, babe. Love you, sir. Listen, I'm excited today, and as Pastor uh, Davis just said, we just culminated our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And when he said that, y'all weren't excited enough. I'm excited. I'm going to get a good meal this afternoon. Because, listen, thirst this past uh, Friday was absolutely bananas. We had a great time. And personally, this past fast has been very beneficial and very fruitful for me. Yes, I did lose a few LBs, a few pounds. Some of us did as well. Don't go backwards. But more than losing some pounds, what I gained throughout this fast was perspective. I gained clarity. And I gained focus even about how God wants me to be dependent on him. And so I'm praying that that just wasn't for me. I'm praying that there were others in the room that you also experienced those things, whether you were fasting food, whether you were fasting social media. Some of us were fasting people. Amen. And so whatever you fasted, we thank God that we're able to come through. But what we want to do is make sure that we're living a fasted lifestyle. Amen. And so as we move forward and we're continuing, what we're doing is that we're saying thank you for being a part of victory. I'm not just saying thank you for coming to victory. Thank you for being with victory. Because what we've said every week is that Victory Church is not this brick and mortar. Victory Church is not just these walls. Victory Church is not our buildings. Somebody look next to you and say, we are victory. Come on, look to your second choice real quick and say, we are victory. Some of y'all didn't look at anybody. I see y'all. Y'all don't think I see what's going on. I see y'all. But what we're talking about as we are really navigating through this, we are victory. We said it often that we're not just trying to preach a series to kind of give marketing and tell you about the church. What we're hoping is that the values and the principles and the things we're sharing, that you adopt these into your life as well. And so in order to do that, you have to have clarity of what you're stepping into. And so to answer the question, who is victory, as we say we are victory, I want to just give the cliff notes to some and actually introduce to others what we have covered so far. So, so far when we say who is victory, the first week we said who we are. And we said very intentionally with these words and this verbiage, we codified this so that you can take this home and walk with it as well. Who we are. Victory is a place and a people who are built on, directed by, and fueled through God and prayer. We said victory is a house of prayer, meaning that we love Jesus and we love to be led by Jesus. That we're prayerful in the things that we consider because we understand that we can't make good enough decisions in our own strength. And so as we're thinking about that, that leads us to understand in the second week, we talked about what we do. And the what we do is our vision. And we've said that victory is a place and a people who are dedicated to and guided by the vision God has given this church. And so on our walls, as I've said every week, we have reminders of the vision that we build strong families, that we transform communities, that we reconcile cultures, and that we impact nations for the glory of God. And last week, we talked about how we go about this, how we go about this. And the how we do what we do is victory is a place of people who embrace and embody the values God has called us to live out. We introduce our value system, and many of you got this wristband last week where we say we're going to have our values checked. We say victory is a place that walks courageously. We're a place that walks in humility. 
We're a family that walks in empowerment. We're a place that wants to make sure we're, not, we're connected and we're not doing things by ourselves. And we want to make sure that we are a people who are not mean Christians, but we are kind. We call this our values check that every time we walk around, you can take a moment and look at your wrist and say, I'm going to check myself before I. Are y'all awake? I'm going to check myself before I. All right. And so that's our, our point of accountability, because what we know is that sometimes vision drifts. Sometimes we move and we shift based on what's going on in life. And I gave permission to us that when you see members of this church, attendees of this church, even leaders of this church not operating according to the values, you can just say, check. Because we want to make sure that we're holding up these values. And so today what we're talking about is the where about where we're going. And watch this. The where we are going, we say victory is a place and a people who are motivated by and move towards the goal. Somebody say goal. Goal. The goal God has given this church. Now, as we walk through this, this is very important because we have a God goal as a family here. And I want to share something with you because I want to introduce to some and remind some of us of the God goal that's indicative of our church family. And I want you to pay attention for a few moments because I am going to give a little bit of history because this particular God goal in this season was actually given to our senior pastor, Pastor Johnson Bowie, through a God dream. And so we found it so important for us to grab this, and we even vacillated between the fact of should he actually give this message because this is a dream that God gave him. But as all the campus pastors talked about this, we said, We want to be able to share it with our local congregations because just how you shared it with us, we've had to internalize this. We've had to pray about it. We can't just have secondhand knowledge. We have to take it to prayer and own it. Somebody say own it. And so as I navigate through this, I want you to hear with spiritual ears. I want you even to start praying about God. How can I be sensitized so that I can own and take ownership of this God goal just like the leadership of Victory is doing? Amen. And so going back down memory lane for a moment, in 2010, our current senior pastors, Pastors Johnson and Summer Bowie, they were at that time serving at our Norcross campus. And after five years of serving at our Norcross campus in 2010, they were actually launched out as our first extension campus or additional campus of Victory in Victory Hamilton Mill. And so at that time, what we see is that they were in a moment where they came to the point where it was time for Easter service about a year later in 2011. And in that time, Pastor Johnson, he woke up on Easter Sunday morning, 2011, and he says that he started his morning how he starts all the time. He says he wakes up every morning and says, good morning, Holy Spirit. How many of y'all say, good morning, Holy Spirit? Some of y'all say, I just hit the snooze button. I'm going back. But no matter how you do it, he said, good morning, Holy Spirit. And he says, immediately he had what he would call his most strong encounter with God that he's ever had. He says, in that moment, God spoke to him clearly and asked him the question, how many do you want? And he said, without having to think about it, he didn't have to discern and filter through. He knew that God was asking him how many people he wanted to reach through the church, how many people that he wanted to shepherd as a pastor. And in that moment, Pastor Johnson says that immediately he came back and said 100,000. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's a lot of people. Let me give you some context. At the time of him pastoring Hamilton Mill during that exchange, Hamilton Mill was only a church of about 400 people. So for him to to say 100,000, that was a big deal. And for other context, Pastor Johnson is not really a numbers guy. None of us are really like, oh, we're just trying to get numbers to get numbers. We want to build people in a deep way. 
And so he said 100,000. He says, okay, he was kind of proud of that. And immediately God just responded and said, what about a million? And he says, immediately in that moment, he said, nope. <laughs> nope. He says, he says, nope, my ego cannot handle that. I'm bringing emphasis to this because I, I want to just bring light that I can appreciate that kind of honesty. Because some of us in the room, if God told us, I want you to reach a million, you're like, if you can use anybody, Lord, you can use me. <laughs> While knowing that that type of impact and that type of stretch would actually kill you from the inside out. Some of us would have been happy to say that because now you think you have more clout, you have more leadership. Now that actually validates your life. But I can appreciate the fact that in humility, he was like, mm -mm, I know myself. And so in that moment, we actually need to understand that there are times when God just really wants us to be honest. Somebody say honest. And so from that moment, he says, for years, nothing happened. He just hid it in his heart. He just went to the Lord in prayer with it. He kind of not forgot about it, but didn't let that be the preeminent thing that was actually driving him. And here's one of the critical things that I need to say. What he did not do in that moment was go to our founding pastors at the time, Pastor Dennis, and say, guess what God told me? I think he learned from the person named Joseph in the Bible. That sometimes when you go and share a big God dream out of time, it can actually hurt you better than it can help you. And so I appreciate him hiding in his heart, and for years, nothing happened. And so he actually didn't even share this God dream with Pastor Dennis until after the transition, after we did the whole ceremony, we passed the torch in 2020, and now he, him and his wife Summer was sat in as senior pastors. Why am I saying this? Because he wanted to make sure that as God gave him a promise of God, that he didn't manipulate it. That as God gave him something in his heart, that he didn't try to tamper with it. Because what we know, and even from hearing from him, he said at that moment on Easter 2011, he knew right then that him and his wife, Summer, would end up at one time or another becoming the senior leaders at Victory. Why? Because if he was going to reach a million people, the only way he could do it is by being the senior pastor of this church, this church family. And so I want to ask a question in here. How many of us have received a big promise from God? It's okay. How many of us, God has kind of just spoken something in you or showed you something that he, you know it's going to take him to do? Many of us. Here's the principle that I want us to know. We have to be a people who don't try and pry and move things around for our own agenda. Because a lot of us are trying and trying to maneuver things instead of trusting that God will make it happen. And what many of us do, we manipulate and maneuver instead of trust and obey. And what God is doing in this season, he wants you to know that there are big promises that I want to get through you, but you're going to have to trust me. For some of us in the room, you're even hearing me say this right now. I spoke to somebody after the nine o'clock service and they said, you know, I was with you until you started talking about this good God dream. And now I'm mad because God told me something years ago that I'm tired of waiting on. I believe I'm in the room full of people that some of us, while we smile on Sunday, some of us, while we have faith, some of us, when we say there's no other name but Jesus, we're a little bit upset with God, if we're honest. Because you told me that something was coming. You told me that you were going to use me in this way, but I don't see how that's going to happen. But I want to remind you that it was 15 years from the time that David was told and anointed that he was going to be king until the time he was actually crowned king. 
It was 25 years from the time that Abraham and Sarah was told that they were going to have a promised son until they actually gave birth to that son. Somebody told me last week, Pastor Mo, it's been a little while, a couple weeks since you gave a lean in. So can I get a lean in real quick? I need us to know something about promises. I need you to hear the fact that God has promised you something and he's not a man that he will lie. But what I really need you to understand is that when you're navigating, operating through the holding on, the not growing weary and well-doing for the promises, we have to understand that oftentimes we don't realize that the process is actually our professor. And the time in between God saying it and doing it is actually our tutor. And what I mean by that is that there are things that along the way, God is trying to produce stamina in you to get you conditioned to be able to walk in the fullness of the promise and an assignment that he has for you. You can lean back. I'm here to just encourage some of us in the room because I know what it's like to wait for a long time for a promise. But I have encouragement for you because if you do not grow weary... The Bible gives a promise. It doesn't just give a suggestion. It gives a promise that you will reap if you faint not. Does anybody agree with that right now in the room? And so I I just have news for somebody. I feel like I'm needing to stay right here just for a moment because some of you in this room feel like your promise has been buried. Some of you feel like you've done all the right things, you've put all the things in order, but you feel like you're under dirt and it can't be seen. I have someone that can remind you that God still moves. His name is Jesus. That people saw him as their promise. And those people that saw him as their promise, he went to the cross. And when they saw him die, they thought that their promise was going to be buried forevermore. But three days later, somebody say three days later. Three days later. So this is my response for somebody. Just hold on just a little while longer. Just hold on just a little while. I'm going to stay right here. This is not for maybe somebody right here, but over here. Hold on for just a little while longer because the promise will come to pass. Amen, little man. Here's what I want us to know. It was seven and a half years from the time that he received that God dream to the time where Pastor Dennis and Pastor Colleen then started to talk to them about transition. In 2018, our founding pastors, they came to them, and they started to talk to the buoys. And now, at that moment, Pastor Johnson was like, okay, now the God dream can actually gain some steam. As an organization, we started hiring more people who could think big, because when you have big dreams, you have to have people that think big to actually fulfill that dream. After that, Pastor Johnson and a couple people from our team, they went up to Chicago to go to this conference and meet this guy named Dave Ferguson who wrote this book called Hero Maker that our whole staff has read that talks about multiplication and making sure that we're planting gospel and doing these things. And so in this conference when they were there, Dave Ferguson told them, hey, we're going to have everybody take 30 minutes and get with God and hear from God about what he's saying about the vision of your church. And so Pastor Johnson, he talks about how, like, yeah, you know, when they said that, he was like, cool, you know, I've already had this conversation with God. So he goes downstairs and he says, God, you know, we're good now, right? It's 100,000, right? And he says, in that very moment, God said to him, you know, the million wasn't your idea. It was mine. And in that moment, he says he had fear and trembling with the Lord. He says, I said, God, I cannot do this. God, there is no way in heaven that I could do this. And what he says, God just responded to him, that's the exact posture that I need you to be in. Can I give you a commercial brought to you by Jesus Christ this morning? 
That just like I said in the first service of this year this year, there are some things that God wants to do through you and they are big. But he will only do them through you if he knows that when it happens, you will give him the glory. Some of us are being held up from walking in the fullness of our promise because God knows that when you accomplish that, that, that thing, you're going to be talking about how good you are. You're going to now go write a book, three steps to accomplishing this goal. And nothing's wrong with that as long as you are giving God the credit and you're being led by him. Amen. And so as this all happened and unfolded, right then is where we actually know that a shift happened. And I just want to activate some people in the room real quick, because as I'm telling this story, I'm even sensing and feeling God is stirring some stuff in some of you of actually awakening in that dream. And So can you lift your hands right now? I want us to pray this simple prayer. Say, God. Use me like you want to use me. I vow to give you all the glory. Amen. Put your hands together right there. That moment when he actually submitted to God and said, okay, because you're going to do the work, that's when the moment of clarity happened and the vision and the way that we walked out this thing out was clarified as our God goal for our family. I want to read this to you so you can really hear how we actually talk about it. Here at Victory Church, we will reach 100,000 people as a part of this church family in our buildings and campuses and other settings. And we will reach 900,000 people through a church network, church plants, and missions organizations for a total of 1 million souls influenced for the cause of Christ. Now, that's a big deal. And I want to go ahead and speak to maybe some pessimism that might be trying to linger up in the atmosphere. What we are not saying, number one, is that we're going to do all that this year. That's not going to happen this year. What we also are not about is about just becoming a gigachurch. You know, some will say, oh, you just want to be a big church to be a big church. No, I've said many times, we are not about counting people. We are about weighing people. What does that mean? I want to make sure that the people that come through here that God has assigned to us, that we are speaking the word, the truth, and love so that we can go deep and we can have the weight of God in our lives. And so as we are walking through this, what we need to know is that I'm not telling us this so that we can say, wow, those pastors at Victory, they have so much faith. Wow, Pastor Johnson, he gets dreams and God talks to him like that. No, I want us to be able to say, wow, there's work for all of us to do. I want us to say, wow, we have a big God that's actually going to work through each and every one of us. And so I want to just kind of navigate through this and just kind of share a couple things because I want us to really grab this and own it. I want you to repeat after me. Say, we are are. victory. Victory. Come on, say it one more time. Say, we are are. victory. Why did I take time to go through that God story, that God dream? Because I wanted to make sure you understand that this wasn't something that we just got in a room and did a mastermind and put it up on a whiteboard and said, now we're going to tell the church that's what we're going to do. No, this is a God goal that takes faith, that takes work, that takes us connecting as we navigate this. And so as we're walking through this, this is a big dream from God. And I want to let you know that as I said in the beginning of the year, what God wants to do through you is big. And it's going to take us being dependent on him. So one more time. I know I'm activating you a lot, but I'm just sensing this right now. Can you lift your hands one more time? Because I'm not carrying this weight. The pastors here are not carrying this weight. This is a gospel move where all of us are engaging for his glory. So I'm going to pray over you as we activate this in the spirit. Father, I thank you right now for your people, those in the room, those worshiping online with us. What we say now, God, is that we submit to you. 
We depend on you. And we depend on you to accomplish the goal that you set out for this church family. And we understand, God, that what you said through Jesus while he was walking the earth still remains true for us today. And we declare that we would depend on you to accomplish it. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, what he said when he was walking the earth is still happening. Let's turn to our Bibles in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. These words of Jesus are in red letters because he said it. Hear this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. Here's what I want us to know. As some of us even are hearing me talking about a million souls and 100,000 and 900,000, if you're really honest, you're kind of clocking out. He's like, that's for y'all. But what I want us to know is that that's not just this Jim Collins, BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. What we are saying is that we understand that the harvest is plentiful. There are estimated 8 billion people in the world today. And stats would say that only 2.56 billion of those even ascribe to saying that they're Christians. So what that means is that leaves us 5,440,000,000 people who we actually can go and reach and, and meet that 1 million. Do y'all think we can do that? I'm going to ask this side of the room. Y'all might not. Do y'all think we can do that? Come on, I'm not asking you to hype. I'm actually trying to stir up some faith in here. Because if you just think that we're just saying this, what you'll do is you'll come just be a spectator. If you think that I'm just talking up here and I just want to actually feel time, we will miss what God actually wants to do through us. So I'm going to ask one more time. Do we feel like we can do that? Come on, do we feel like we have a mission from God? Do we feel like God is going to use us? Can I get some witnesses in this room right now? So here it is. The way that we're going after this, we're not just sitting here in a lofty kind of attempt and not really making moves towards this. We're actually already starting to make headway. How? We say we, as a Victory Church family and as a leadership team, we see 500 house churches being launched from our family. We already launched 50 this year. We see a dozen campuses, 12 physical campuses like this. We're already at four. And let me just say this. I see Victory Midtown 2.0. I'm going to talk to this side of the room. I think the faith is on this side of the room. I see Victory Midtown 2.0. What am I saying? I'm looking at some of you because some of you are going to be leaders at the other Victory Midtown. Some of you, just like you received from God in this place, and you were looking for a spirit-filled place to build you in the things of God, there are other thousands, millions of other people that need it. I've been just declaring that we might end up having a second location at the gathering spot, starting all over again as we cultivate what God wants to do. Because there's a world that is sick. There's a world that needs God. There's a world that we can't just be happy just sitting in here praising the Lord while people are going to hell in a handbasket. And so that's where my passion comes from. That's where my fervor comes from to say, I need all of us to navigate through this. And so what we're doing is that we're saying we want church networks that are going to support. We're going to build deep missions involvement. We're going to continue to give all over the world. Listen, we feel like we're a church that's going to blow by a goal of $100 million given to missions because we're already at $88.4 million. I'm not saying these things just to put out stats. I'm saying here these things to stir up our faith and to let you know it is possible that as we continue to be good stewards over what God says, we can make a difference in the world. Amen? So as we look at this, we're calling this again our God dream. This is our God dream for Victory Family. And this is simply us operating in the great mission that God gave us that's often referred to as the great commission. 
And so I want to read this to us for our knowledge, for our understanding, and for our remembrance. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Let's go there in you version or in your physical Bibles. The Bible says this about the great commission that we are partnering with God. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so as we talk about this co-mission that we are partnering with God, this is a big deal that's going to take all of us to do. And I just want to give us some instruction, some guidance of how we're going to accomplish this. Y'all ready? Amen. So let's go to it. The first thing we have to do if we're going to accomplish this is as a family, we have to pray towards it. Say pray towards it. We said already that we are a house of prayer. And because we are a house of prayer, we put a priority on prayer, both personally and corporately, both inside this building and at our homes. For those who don't know, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. now, we meet here for corporate prayer for an hour because we're saying that it's not enough for us just to pray in our little bubbles. We need to come and do work for the kingdom. We need to come and be interceptors of the things that's trying to happen in the world so that we can see heaven manifest in our city right here on earth. And so as we are people of prayer, we want to make sure that we pray in faith. Hear me. We pray in faith here at Victory because what we're saying is that we believe in the power of God. We're not praying, hoping, and wishing. We're praying, receiving, and walking it out. And so we are people who pray towards it. Number two, we're people who serve towards it. Say serve towards it. As we talked last week, we serve with humility. I said this. I said humility is strength under control. I'm looking around this room. I know many of you, and and you guys are doing what you do out here in the workplace. You're doing what you do in the social sphere. You're doing what you do in the marketplace because you are people who have a lot going for you. And what God is saying is that in humility, you haven't seen anything yet. In humility, as you continue to humble yourself and actually understand that I am the one who gives you the juice to do what you're called to do, if you submit yourself to me, I will always work to to and through you exceedingly and abundantly. And so as we talk about humility, what we're saying is that we want to be a people who serve other people. And they're going to put a QR code on the screen because we've said this before. Some of us need to take a step outside of selfishness and start serving in a church context just to get out of our own feelings, just to step out and understand that this world is bigger than me. But here's what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that your serving ends here, because what I'm not trying to cultivate here at Victory is domesticated Christians where you have liquid courage on Sundays and you can say praise the Lord, hallelujah, and here, and you don't talk to anybody about faith and serve anybody else outside of these walls. And so, yes, being an usher, being a greeter, being someone in the parking lot team, all those things are great, but we also want you to serve in your family first. We also want you to walk in humility and serve there. We want some of you to serve in your HOA. Now, some of y'all have heard that for three times in the last week. This is your sign from God. That you need to get involved in your HOA. Stop complaining and be a part of the change. For some of us, we need to serve at our workplace and be the model that we need to show other people. And so we want to continue to do that. We want to pray, we want to serve, and then say we want to lead towards it. Say lead towards it. Here it is. We want to lead courageously because we have to get outside of our comfort zones, like I said. 
Some of us look at ourselves as less than, and we're saying, well, I don't have anything to offer. I can't be a leader. No, start where you find yourself and be a leader right here. Because listen, as I've said, you look around, there's a lot of people that we need to serve, but we need what you bring to the table so that we can serve other people. There's this adage that people, when they show up in environments, need to see other people that look like them or that know things like them or in spheres of influence like them so that they can understand how to navigate through those same situations. So as I'm even saying this right now, some of you, you know, God's been tapping on your heart saying you need to get involved. You need to get involved. You need, it's a QR code on the screen. You need to get involved. You need to get involved. So harden not your heart. Amen. Here it is. As you're leading out there, as you're in your HOA, I want you to say this. Write this down. Leaders set the pace and have buy-in. Leaders set the pace and have buy-in. And so that leads us to this next thing that we have to do. Some of y'all are already watching a version. We have to give towards it if we're going to fulfill this. Now, don't clock out on me now. There's no such thing as a leader who doesn't give. One clap. There's no such thing as a leader who doesn't give. Now, let me go ahead and just, uh, just settle the room. I'm not here about to make an offering appeal and tell you, you know, we're going to pass the baskets or anything like that. But what I am saying is that there are no leaders that are not giving of their time, their talent, of their money, of their substance, if they say they support the thing that they are actually walking in. And so I want to applaud this congregation because you guys do well in giving. You guys do well in sharing. You guys do well in showing up. But what I'm saying is that all of us need to actually understand that we need to be tithers and we need to be those who give offering. Why? Because out of obedience to God, we're saying we give our tithes. Now, victory is a church that's full of tithers. As a matter of fact, look at somebody next to you and say, you tithe, right? Some of y'all will not turn to the side. Come on, look at the other person and say, you tithe, right? Come on, come on, say victory church, say victory church. We're full of tithers. Look at them again and say, you, you, you tithe, right? You, you, I know you tithe. I'm, I can look at you and see you tithe. Real quick, the reason why people stay away from talking about that sometimes because some of us have been beat up in church about money. Some of us have been beat up in church and things have been manipulated. Listen, let me just make it very clear. Tithe is 10% of your gross income, the things that come into you before taxes. Before you give Uncle Sam his, don't, don't count it and say, I'm only going to give off this. It's the gross. It's not 5%. Watch this. It's not tipping God when you get just some good money. Listen to this. I want to say this. It's not even if you can give a million dollars and you're never going to tithe, it's not a million dollars. It's 10% of how you continue to operate because what we're doing with that obedience is saying, God, I know you can trust me with money. You can trust me to be a good steward. And God always shows us that when he can trust you, he can actually get it to you because he knows it's going to go through you. And so as we're talking about tithing and even offering, we give offering because we believe in a vision. And let me just say these few things. My family, Kendra and I, Maximus, we give because we believe in the vision. We give and we actually ascribe. We try to be in the top percentile of givers because we want to lead in giving. One of the other reasons why we live and we give is because we believe in the stewardship of this church. There's no way you can have four buildings like the way we have them, give away $88.4 million and not have good stewardship. And so as we're navigating through this, we have to understand this. Listen, God gives provision for vision. 
See, some of y'all are just hearing me on a natural level for the church, but I'm talking about in your own life. When you have vision and you submit to God, provision comes your way because you honor God. And so I just want to say this because God just kind of put this in my spirit a a couple weeks. There's two things that that are going to keep us from reaching our goal, money and leaders. Money and leaders, and both are here today. Let me give you a little clue that God just shared with me that I believe is going to help some of us in here. The Lord just kind of shared with me this statement. I want to say it to you. Be bold about asking for what's in his purposes. Be bold about asking God for the things that are beneficial for his purposes. Why? Because you don't have to be ashamed to actually ask God for certain things when you know you're going to use it for him. What do I mean by that? I have no shame going out and say, hey, I'm doing this for God. And so he has to actually bring this provision. All I have to do is give you the opportunity. I'm not prying. I'm not trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do. But here's where these funds are going as we do it. We are looking to build more space for training leaders. We're looking to build more space to to train more next generation leaders. We're here to build more new campuses. We want to make sure we commission more house church leaders. We want to plant more churches. We want to provide for missionaries. We want to make sure that even in our online audience that we have an infrastructure to actually reach tens and thousands more people for the glory of God. Does anybody want to go with that mission? Come on, do anybody want to go with that mission? I know some of y'all are tired of hearing about this right now, but it takes money to actually do what God wants us to do. The gospel is free, but the road it travels on costs. And so as we navigate this, I want to just share something for right here in the house. Let's make it real personal. I want everybody to look back at this camera riser right here. Camera riser. I shared this with the leaders on last Saturday. That camera riser in the middle with these two cameras and the teleprompter and all those things it actually takes away about 55 seats. And if you look around right now, and if there are people even in the overflow, we could use some more seats in here because God is doing a new thing. And so over three services right now, that's 165 people who are not able to get the gospel. That's 165 people who are not able to come into community. And so what we've said, we're exploring things right now to make a robotic system so that we can actually get seats back and bring more people in here It's going to probably cost us about $90,000. I'm not shy about saying that there's people in this room right now that can write that check today without blinking. One person is softly clapping back there. (laughs) I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to call you out. Listen, let me say this. Just stay with me for a moment. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Stay with me for a moment. There's more room that we're trying to actually even build here at Victory Midtown because there are things that we need to do. We need to be able to train leaders. We need to be able to do counseling. We need to be able to equip people so that you can be equipped to do everything that God has for you. It might cost anywhere between two fifty dollars and 300000 We could do that today. And so what I want, to know, want you to know is I want to read this scripture to us, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 6 through 7. It says this. And I want to give you some backdrop. This is Paul not begging for money. What he's actually doing is encouraging people in how they already operate. It says, so we urge Titus that as he began it, he should also complete this gracious work among you as well. But just as you excel in everything and lead the way, somebody say lead the way. As you lead the way in faith and speech and knowledge and genuine concern and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. And so, like I said, contrary to other environments you may have been in, we're not sitting here saying, you know, we're speaking poor mouth. What we're saying is that we have an opportunity, just like you lead so greatly in every area, we're just saying, let's match that same energy. Amen? 
Amen. As we do this, we're celebrating excellence. We're saying we need your help. We're saying we're a part of this together. And I believe that as we walk through this, I, I, I believe I'm in a room right now that we actually have some people. I want you to see. Can you believe that there are some people that sit here week in and week out, take in the lights, take in the cameras. They don't give. They don't serve. They don't get in community. And the picture that I saw was this. It's like when you take somebody out to eat or you go out to eat with your boys or your girls, and that person, they order an appetizer. They order soup. They order a, a, a steak, you know, tomahawk steak. They order cocktails, not you, but your neighbor. They order cocktails. That, you know, that's $20 a piece, I've heard. <laughs> they, they order all those things. They order all those things. They eat real good, and when the bill comes out, they turn into Ray Charles. <laughs> Sometimes I just wait on people and look, are you, you done? Are we finished or are we done? Here's what I'm saying. We don't want to be like those people. I've made a decision. We've made a decision. Many of you have made a decision that we will not just be takers only, but we will be givers and make sure we're a part of the vision. Somebody put your hands together if you believe that right now. And so watch this. As we give to it, it's important. We've covered those other things in the last several weeks. Today, what we're saying is just as important as it is to give towards it, here's the final thing we have to do. We have to go towards it. Somebody say go towards it. I was talking to Pastor Erskine, our next generation pastor, and he preached a message to our youth uh, a few weeks ago uh, in an Unleashed series. And they were talking about the Great Commission. And one of the things that he said when he preached this message about go is he said that go actually connotes movement. When we talk about go, it connotes movement. As a matter of fact, a quick acronym, I want you to write this down for go, is giving opportunity. Giving opportunity. What are we giving opportunity to? We're giving opportunity every time we go for people to encounter Christ through us. Every time we step out of these walls, every time we've received from the Lord, now we're able to give it out. We're giving people opportunity to be transformed as we've been transformed. Let me read the scripture to us. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. It says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Say preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, let me be very clear. When we're talking right here about, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, we are not talking about the type of sneakers that you're rocking. We're not talking about the Gucci's, the Nike's, or the Bottega boots. What we're saying is that there is a beauty when we actually put our feet to the fire and we actually move forward with the gospel of the kingdom. Can I say it like this? The gospel cannot go where we are not willing to carry it. The gospel will not go where we're not willing to carry it. And so as you leave this building today, and I've said this before, we intentionally put certain things as reminders around the building so that we can make sure that when we are going, we go with intention. Over the doors, leaving out of this building today, look up before you leave. You will see Mark 16, 15, and it reads this. It says, he said to them, go, say go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go, give opportunity. When we say preach, I want to explain what preaching is. Preaching is not just up here with a microphone on a platform. Preaching is publicly proclaiming and teaching. 
And so what you have the opportunity to do outside of what I'm doing, wherever God has you in a place of influence, you can preach, you can proclaim, you can announce, you can teach about the goodness of God. And so every step we take, we have an opportunity to embody this message and take it out to the people we're supposed to reach. And that's why we're even talking about this whole house church adage. They're going to put another QR code on the screen. Watch this. Why are we talking about house churches? Because the stats say about 60% of the world says that they will never come into a church building. About 60% of, of the world says, I don't care how many times you invite me and send me to Instagram. I'm not coming. And so what we say is that it's our responsibility to receive this, get this, carry it out, be pastors and shepherds in our own neighborhoods so that people can receive this same gospel. We take victory to the streets. When we say we are victory, we are implanting victory in our neighborhoods. And so for some of you that actually feel that call, that you feel like it's not enough for me to come in here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and just get filled up and you want to pour out, Maybe you need to consider actually leading the house church. We've already launched, and then we'll be coming back with another training after Easter. Here's the thing, as I wrap this up. When we do these things that I've talked about today, this is us living out our methodology. What I mean by that, this is us living out our approach to ministry. See, you see it on the walls. You see it in our messages. We've been saying emancipating greatness. And what we mean very clearly by emancipating greatness is that there is something unique in each and every one of you that God put on the inside of you that he wants to get out of you to serve the world around you. And so as we do this, and as Jesus actually calls us to walk this out, we need to take the approach like Mother Teresa. Listen to this. And she said it like this. She says, we are the people that we've been praying for. We are the people that we've been praying for. And so as we understand that we are the people that we've been praying for and this whole emancipating greatness, just like I said last week, that we need to be connected, that we need to make sure that we don't just operate looking down on people. What we're saying is that we need to actually close the gap between the pulpit and the pew, between the pulpit and the person sitting in the seats. Because I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again, and I hope you all are hearing me. This is not just my job to do. This is not where the pastors are supposed to just carry all the weight. We are to equip the saints for the work of the enemy, be, uh, uh, for the kingdom. We're supposed to equip the saints for the work of the kingdom so that you can walk out this call. Let me tell you this. When we talk about emancipating greatness, what we're saying is that our method is that we go these ways. And our methods might change a little bit because we all are different and unique, but the message stays the same. We have four campuses going on right now that we're all preaching the same message, but it's coming out differently with Pastor Darius up in Ackworth. It's coming out differently with Pastor Johnson at Norcross. It's coming out different in our Spanish ministry, Vita, with Pastor Emilio. It's coming out different of 85 with our pastor, Pastor Chris. Why? Because God uniquely made us different. And God uniquely made you different because there's a sphere of influence that you have that I don't have. I could preach until I sweat. They're not going to listen to me. But when you just tell them that I want to show up as the kingdom, I want to show up and I want to preach the gospel with my life, that's when we make a change. And so as we leave here today, this is what I'm telling us. This is not just this pretty sermon. This is life, y'all. Think about this. On Friday night, we wrote the names down of people that we're believing to come to Christ this year. How are we going 
and preaching the gospel when we leave this place? How does our life reflect the way that God really wants us to show up so people can be impacted? Are we drawing people to him or are we repelling people away from him? And so this is what I want to do. I don't want this just to be a sermon. I don't want this just to be something you hide in some notes. I want you to know that this is something we grab hold to and we walk out. So if you would, can you stand on your feet all over the room? We've done this before, but this is something I really feel in my spirit. I want everyone to turn around towards the back of the room. What we're doing right now is we're posturing ourselves for change. What we're doing right now is we're saying, God, it's not enough for us to come in here and sing good songs up to Jesus if we're not celebrating that Jesus is real in our lives in a way that we share it with other people. And so as we looked out this way, what we're doing is that we're pointing our faith to this neighborhood. We're pointing our faith into the three to five mile radius. We're pointing our faith into Midtown, downtown, into the surrounding area that we're supposed to be taking on the lostness of. And so if you'll join me right now, just stretch your hands towards this wall, but more so outside. Right now, don't wait on me. You're activated. I need some of us just to start to pray over the people you know you're going to encounter this week. Pray over the people at your workplace. God has given some of us pictures right now in our mind. He's putting people's names in our voices right now. We're going to take a moment right here because this is you doing the work. We're not supposed just to have a small group of intercessors. We all are interceding for our church, for our family, for our city. Come on, start to actually stir your faith right now and say, God, you can do anything but fail. Start to declare that even there are people in the homes across the street that are dealing with depression, that are dealing with things that they say they would never come to church. But when they see us not just parking in front of their homes, they see us carrying the gospel. They see us carrying love. Pray for them right now and understand that they are now, we are on assignment to bring them into the kingdom of light. Father, right now, as we stretch our hands, what we say is that we believe. We believe that we are called for such a time as this. We believe that we were made for something great. We believe, God, that this gospel is for the ends of the earth. And Father, I'm praying for courage for your people today. I'm praying, God, that we don't just hear these as sermons, but we hear these as things that we walk out day by day. Father, stir up every gift on the inside of us that we walk in the fullness of how you created us before the foundations of the earth. Father, I thank you this week that we will start to get courageous testimonies of people who say, I never even witnessed to anybody before. I never told anything, anybody about Jesus, but this week it was different because I felt the grace to do it. As we leave here today, let us not be selfish that we can be okay with our eternity secure, but we walk past people that are going to hell and we smile at them and just keep going. We are the church, and we will walk in our assignment, and we will go and give opportunity to this world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and thank God. Hallelujah. Are y'all excited about what God is doing? Come on, are y'all excited about what God is doing? Come on, give God praise as Pastor Davis closes out the service. God bless you, Victory Midtown. Wow, I thank